0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy.
1: Welcome to 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Pasekala. What's the scariest thing that you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, We find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy.
2: This episode gonna be a little wild because it's late and we got caffeine. I'm I'm hyped about this.
1: I'm stoked. (laughs) I'm stoked for this.
3: Yeah, I have some stories I'm happy or I'm like I'm happy with. Got some
2: hitters right now.
3: Uh this is the three AM podcast. My name is Charlie.
2: My name is DJ. My name is Sean. Nice. And we're here to rock your world. No. <laughs> okay.
3: Let's try that again.
2: My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. And we're here to rock your world.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, I have a couple things real quick. Updates. Real quick on the last episode, I want to address this right off the top. On the last episode, so how we record is we're really just friends having a conversation. So mm, I'm not going to lie. I don't think to I'm going to have to go fact check or like bring you guys facts. You know what I'm saying? So last episode I talked about serial killers and I did it really off the cuff. And so there was a couple things that I got wrong. So I apologize. And I know my sister who is the most knowledgeable person I know on serial killers. Shout out Heather. <laughs> She's going to text me. I'm sure and be like you got this, 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 Yeah, but anyway, Just a couple things. The Russian dude wasn't – his nickname was not the Siberian werewolf, but it was like the butcher of Rostov or the Rostov butcher. And the Albert Fish, he was the werewolf of Wisteria or something like that. That was his nickname. But anyway, that was off the cuff. If I ever do serial killers in the future, I'm going to do way more homework. So I make sure to bring you facts because they're real people. Or whatever. Or I'll make it up. (laughs) You know, It's scary, so – Just roll with it. (laughs) I wanted to get that out of the way. Another thing is, you know how we had that question, how would you kill someone if you had to? Mm -hmm. So someone who listened to the podcast reached out to me and we're having this conversation. And he said when he was in middle school, a friend of his did an experiment with Coca-Cola. And and the whole premise was how long does it take for certain things to dissolve in Mm Coca-Cola? So we had like six containers full and one one of them had – red meat and another one had a human tooth. What? And if you know anything about getting rid of human bodies, <laughs> not I don't know why you, well, anyway, <laughs> you can't burn a human body because teeth don't burn. Right. So you have to like, anyway, he said by like, I think a week that the teeth was almost completely gone and the, the meat, the red meat was like completely dissolved so if you want to kill someone and you want to get rid of them, you have to buy like eight liters of Coca-Cola and just put them in a container.
2: What <laughs> the hell?
3: If you can trust the, uh, uh high schoolers. <laughs> this is a game changer. Science. <laughs> yeah. So I want to <laughs> redact my answer <laughs> and say, I would hit up three vending machines.
2: <laughs> Bro, you go through the store with a bunch of Coke and they're like, what's all the coke for
3: yeah so next time you see someone with a cart full of coke bro alert the fbi oh call the cia (laughs) right away um another thing do you remember when we had caroline patterson on yes my sister after listening to that episode went out and she bought sage and palo santo She said her husband's going out of town this weekend and she's like, I sage my entire house like every other day. (laughs) And she said because he's going out of town, she's going to put a bowl of of water with salt under her bed and she's legit doing that. (laughs) What?
2: Okay. (laughs) So people people are hearing. I'm going to try that underneath the mattress pad I'm sleeping on the floor (laughs) with. It's going to be uncomfortable at first, but I think I'll get used to it.
1: Who was that? Your sister?
2: Uh Brittany. Brittany? That's dope.
1: So, if y'all are trying to test it, <laughs> run up on Brittany's house this weekend.
2: She's going to get like
3: turned inside out or something. All that Palasanto <laughs> <And> protection, bro. <laughs> Palasanto, like, no. <laughs> cool.
1: It is episode
2: 19. 19. 19.
3: Damn. Uh for those who don't know, there is a podcast curse out there. And the curse or the legend goes that most podcasts. Or most new podcasts fail at the 20th episode. That's Or, usually, or by the 20th by episode. By the 20th episode is when you stop recording. You know, When people give up.
2: Getting around that by having our 3 p.m. episodes too, so we already passed that. Oh, that's true.
1: But while we're here on episode 19, we have some good stories for you. Yeah. A. What do you have there? It's a
2: question from the question jar. Oh, damn. And what does it read? What is your dream death?
1: What? Uh, Fall asleep at a ripe old age and not wake up. All of my assets in place and ready to be divvied out to the people that I love most. My wife has gone the night before. Nice. By your hand. Yep. Oh. Or we go at the same time. This is a (laughs) (laughs) murder-suicide.
2: A dumbass
3: question. Can you one up up me? I get crushed to death by the weight of my wealth (laughs)
2: and power. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I, how I die is I'm I'm in, I'm in a sea of white. And I see beautiful spirals of mist around me, and rays of sun.
1: Stop talking.
3: And I look down. And my gauge levels are all nice, and I come in the clearing and I see Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> and I crank that bitch straight down. That's some Hawaiians on a boat. <clears throat>
1: I'm there, staring, staring at him. <laughs>
3: and I bring Anna on my family. <laughs> That's just me, though.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What about you guys? <laughs> Just kidding. I doubt that. No, you're not. No. <laughs> you know, I'm probably going to die finding like a polar bear in like northern Norway or something. Nice. That's just my guess. Cool. What a question. <laughs> Who's sending these?
3: Yeah, you guys are, as you. DJ would say, sick fricks out there.
1: You guys are crazy. Wild, wacky, and zany. <laughs> crazy taxi. Um. So,
3: my cousin Seth... <laughs> he's been doing the Lord's work, asking everyone. <laughs> and one of um, his acquaintances or someone he works with told him this story. Now this kid, so he told this story of his friend. <laughs> uh, just so you know, his friend is very quiet, keeps to himself. Mm-hmm. He never wants to like be a burden on anyone. So when he was growing up, he went on a camp out deep into the wilderness and he was new. He didn't know everyone at this camp out. And he was a very quiet, unassuming kid. He's probably like 13, 14. So they go, they camp, they hike all day. They set up in this place near a lake. And they build a fire. Everyone sets up their tents. And they're just doing normal camping things. So there's two adults with them, and then about six kids. He knows one of the adults. He doesn't know the other one and he had never really talked to the other one like i said he was just quiet he didn't he didn't put himself out there at all so in the middle of talking around the campfire he has to go pee so he gets up and how the the late he he decides he's going to go pee, pee away from the campfire so he walks through these this path through these trees and out into this huge opening around the lake and as he gets out there it's dark and he sees someone standing by the lake staring into the lake and he walks up and he realizes it's it's the guy one of the other adults it's the second adult he doesn't know or Mm he hasn't spoken to and so he like sees him he's like oh um hey like how are you and the guy's just staring at the lake he's like okay um i'm i'm just out here i'm gonna go pee so he walks like 15 feet away and goes goes pee Mm -hmm. as he's peeing he hears the guy move And he stops peeing and he looks over and the guy's facing him, just staring at him. And he's like, everything good, man? Like everything cool? And he said the guy's just like almost blank eyed, slack-jawed staring at him. And he's like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at him and he's like, something's off. Like it's a cold night and this guy's in a thin t-shirt. And I'm pretty sure last time I saw him, he was wearing a jacket. And as he's having this feeling or this thought on a dime, the guy snaps, turns and walks through the path in the trees. And he's like, what the heck? So he sits there for a minute. He's kind of like, that was weird. Goes back through the same path through the trees and sits down by the fire and he's sitting there. And two minutes later, the same guy comes walking from the opposite direction through the trees and he has a jacket on and he's smiling and he's looking around and he comes and sits down by the fire and he's like, man, have you guys been up there yet? Like I was up there looking around. There's this like ledge. You can see everything. You can see the stars and the kids staring at this man and he's realizing that there is no way he got on the opposite side of the camp by the time he came back to the fire. And as he's staring at the man, the man's just smiling, looking around like nothing happened. Now, he's an unassuming, quiet kid. So he didn't tell anyone about this. And to this day, he has no idea what happened or who he saw near the lake.
2: Bro, if I was a scoutmaster, I would hella troll those kids. That's what's happening right there. (laughs) So he ended up telling one of his friends later
3: and his friend freaked out and was like, that is a mimic. And he was like, what the hell is a mimic? He's like, dude, you saw a mimic. And he had to like, tell him that there are instances where, especially somehow in the wilderness, if you're like separated from your group, you see someone who is a part of your group that may not be a part of your group. Anyway, so you
2: need to have code words. (laughs)
1: We've said this time and time again. The importance of code words. It's true though.
2: (laughs) But
3: I mean it's a story if you put yourself in that situation. It's such a simple thing Mm -hmm. when you're looking at it. But if you put yourself in that situation, if you kind of grasp in the moment what's happening, it's terrifying. It's tough
1: because in that situation I wouldn't – like I feel like I would just look at everyone – and assume the same thing. Or at least question and be like...
3: Like they're all mimics? Yeah,
1: like could, I, could I trust to tell anybody in this group? Hmm. You know?
3: Valid. Yeah, what if you pull your best friend aside? You're like, I got to tell you something, man. And he's like... I think there's something. And you look up and he's just slack-jawed looking at you. Ugh.
2: Did you ever see that movie uh, Attack of the Body Snatchers or something like that? Where the body snatchers will take over human bodies and when uh-huh. they see you, they stop and like look at you with their mouths open will like scream at you, pointing at you. Dude, oh. imagine if that's what happened. And they all did it and you're out in the middle of the wilderness. In the, uh, nope, no thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's enough no for me, dog.
3: Anyway, that's just a soft one to start us off.
2: Yo, that actually reminds me of a story that...
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest, uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com/slash three a.m. and you can get ten percent off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot slash three
0: a.m. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: I uh, was doing some research on mm-hmm. and came across this story whilst researching. <clears throat> so, a couple episodes back, I mentioned that I would be doing crypto or cryptid profiles,
1: Cryptid-currency? cryptid currency, cryptid
2: cryptozoological, cryptozoological yes. about you know like mythical creatures that may or may not exist. Mm-hmm. So I was doing some research on one called the Kushtaka. This guy and his two friends decide to go hiking out in the woods <clears throat> up in Alaska. They're pretty familiar with the place because they're all from there. Now, historically, the Kushtaka is from this region, but they don't really think about it. It's not real, right? Mm-hmm. So they go out hiking in these woods and it's later, like dark, kind of like we would do to go and tell scary stories in the mountains because we're stupid, just like them. They are hiking. They get to this point where they come up over a ridge, but it's like a forested ridge. So they're in the trees still. And then the friend in front stops and they kind of just run into him because it's dark. And he's like, do you see that? And up ahead, like 50 yards, they see this animal, they think, looking from around a tree. And it's on four legs. And it's white. And all of a sudden, it comes out from around the tree and just starts running at them. Oh, gosh. They start running away and get to this river. They go get into the river and then up the other side of the riverbank, which eventually leads to this parking lot. They're just sprinting as fast as they can. Get to the parking lot and leave. They don't ever see it again. Now, <clears throat> the kushtaka means the otter man in um, Eskimo, I think. I don't know. Just, is that a language? I don't know. You say like the natives oh. of Alaska. <laughs> the natives of Alaska.
1: That's a lame ass animal too. <laughs> so to that's hybrid what, with.
2: That's what I thought. And after doing my research, I actually discovered this is one of the most terrifying cryptids because it has the shape of a man otter, but the ability to transform into anything. According to legend.
3: I'm having the most intense deja vu right
1: now.
2: Whoa, dude.
3: I, sw- I almost just asked you, didn't you share this already?
2: Whoa, dude. Like, this is the most intense. I swear we've talked about this. Oh, dude, this is the oh first time God. you're hearing <laughs> this story from my mouth.
1: I would have remembered an otter man, <laughs> but I'm having the hardest time visualizing what an otter man is.
2: So it is supposed to be bipedal but can walk on all fours, and that's how they saw it.
1: So like PB&J. Yes, PB and J otter.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> and it'll have the head of an otter.
1: Now <laughs> it's <laughs> by description
2: not very scary <laughs> until you, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that, but I'll let you finish. Until I found out that it can transform into anything by according to legend, and the way that it'll get you is it'll make the sound of a woman or a baby coming from a body of water. You'll go towards the water if you're stupid (laughs) and trying to help people. Hey, there's that guy in the woods. We should go help him. (laughs) All white people in horror movies. (laughs) Um, You'll go to the body of water and if you get close enough to the water, it can just grab you. And it won't just eat people. It'll also turn people into otter men. Not a bad deal. Yeah, like... (laughs) I mean, that's kind of all right. You can transform after that. Deal, Howie. <laughs>
3: when you think... Okay, so you think otter. Oh, that's adorable. Have you seen river otters, like in the Amazon, that
2: fight caimans? Oh, yeah.
3: River otters that are the big ones, they're like six feet tall, and they're terrifying looking.
2: When I was first like looking up this specific cryptid, I was like, that does not sound scary. It looks almost like a wolverine. You know what's funny about this one, too, is... It has garnered such fame or infamy that even celebrities have gone hunting for it. What? Charlie Sheen okay, himself well, has gone. That's a liberal use <laughs> of that's celebrity right there.
1: That's a B lister.
3: You knew his best. name, bro. <laughs> Well damn. I'm sure he's
2: gone <laughs> for hunting for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but one among them is the Kushtaka of Alaska. Yeah, those things are terrifying. Like yeah. if you seen that face on a body like a man. Yeah. Look at those eyes. Yeah. That's a giant
1: river otter. Yeah, he's showing me a picture of a river otter and its face looks pretty human. Like the ears. Oh here it is chomping on a on a little fishy boy. <laughs> Uh, its mouth is dripping with blood. Giant river otters are
3: like no joke. They fight crocodiles and they're huge, and their eyes are creepy. That's the creepiest part. It's like bulging out of its skull. If I saw one of those running at me, that would be terrifying.
2: And if it was like six foot tall, like the size of a man, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're with also beady
1: pupils. Ugh.
2: They're making a Kushtaka movie. What? This is probably a very very B-list movie. <laughs> Starring star Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Starring Charlie Sheen as the Otterman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: He's oh. just been method acting for the last 15 years becoming <laughs> the Otterman. <laughs> probably. Oh, crazy. Dude, trying to get back into
2: the spotlight. I was spotlight. spooked a little bit.
1: Hmm.
2: It's like not trying to see no otter
1: people out in the woods. That's cool though. Um I'd love to hear uh, an Alaskan native talk about
2: it. Talk about it. True. Well, and <clears throat> apparently they're from around Anchorage. So yeah. like the the forests that are to the east of Anchorage is where they're supposedly located. So hmm. if we were to just go there, we would be able to probably find <laughs> someone who had or had not seen or heard of the Kushtaka.
1: <laughs> I love how they settled <laughs> in a place, but like this seems like a good place to establish our
2: these foresight <laughs> our, our
3: dominance. It just reminds me, I don't know. You, you, you talking reminded me, have you guys ever heard of the Sundabans in India? Mm-mm. Do you know yeah. what a huge danger of living there is? What's up, death by tigers?
1: Oh, mm hmm. <laughs> yep, there's so many videos of like tigers escaping their cages in India. There's an insanely
3: large number of the amount of people who have died there from tiger. I just Googled something real quick and it said around 50 people a year die from tigers. Oh. So what happens, is, and if there's any one real life monster that I'm the most afraid of, it's possibly a tiger because their abilities are almost mystical. Yeah. Um, they are an apex predator. Like they are built to kill and do it the most efficient and easiest way yeah and so there's a couple stories that i've heard that terrified me one one is there was a boat of men going down a river in the sundaban in india and what happens with these tigers is once they've killed a human and tasted human flesh nothing is as sweet. So they become man eaters and they specifically target people. And some of them have cleared out villages. And so it's such a thing where like you can't leave your baby alone because at night they'll come in and like take your baby out of the crib because they're living in, you know, like huts and shit over there. That sounded (coughs) insensitive. (laughs) Anyway. So there is a group of men in a boat going down the river and there's four men and they, one of them, Tells them they're being stalked by the tiger, but it's okay. We should be safe. We're moving down the river mm-hmm. on a boat until they see a current coming through the river towards them and silent as night. The, the tiger comes up, gets into the boat and grabs one of the men by the neck, pulls him into the water. The men are freaking out. They're trying to go as fast as they can. Now the tiger pulls him to shore, sets him down, gives him the kill twist of the neck and gets back in the water. And he does this three oh, more times until shit. the last man is on the boat and he paddles away as fast as he can. And he goes down a particularly fast part of the river and doesn't see the tiger, <laughs> but he lives to tell the tale.
2: Oh my gosh. But
3: he sat there in horror as each time the tiger crawls out of the water and grabs another one around the neck and there's nothing you can do. You can hit it, whatever. Whatever like butter it cuts through grabs him and pulled him into the water <laughs> i'm gonna call
1: bs and he killed all of his friends <laughs> on the reel, though along with uh just animals that <laughs> terrify me um hippos oh mm, yep hippos hungry, are so <laughs> hungry hippos bro
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: bro they are
3: scary
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: with hippos, did you see that video of the hippo charging the boat?
2: Oh yeah, dude, that was terrifying. All
3: you see is a wake coming towards the boat. Like, and an, they like, hit it looks the like motor a submarine, just get away. It looks like a submarine moving at like 40 miles an hour. And you're like, what the hell is making this wake? And a giant ass hippo dives out of the water and is literally going like 40 miles an hour in the boat. And it's, it's like unimaginable. Mm-hmm. But with that one last story on tigers, Uh, two men were sitting in a hut and they were smoking hookah and they were passing it back and forth. And, uh, one of the men takes a rip, passes it back. He hands it, takes a rip and passes it back and it drops to the ground. And he didn't realize none of them heard, but a tiger had just walked into their hut without being heard because of how like uniquely qualified they are to kill. It closed its mouth around his neck silently. The man only saw the shoes being dragged out of the opening of the building.
1: But like... Ugh, that's no
2: deal, Howie.
1: <laughs> Imagine back in the day in primitive times. It's like, I got a rock. <laughs> but that's like... That creature is... A demon. Straight up. Yeah, saber-toothed tigers. It's
3: like a tiger with two swords on its face <laughs> instead of 18 daggers. <laughs> Life sucked back then, bro.
1: So glad we we made it where yeah. we can start it from the bottom.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like besides mystical things, there
1: are just terrifying real things out there too. Well, back then, that was mystical. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um, Going along with local lore and legends yes a while ago back when i was sharing a lot of stories about hawaii i shared a little bit about the hawaiian goddess of fire do you remember her name pele yes like the soccer player (laughs) he was named after her um this next story was told to me by a friend of mine about one of his One of his teachers, and this story happened about a year ago. He recently learned about the god of fire. Wait. And this isn't very common knowledge amongst Hawaiians. So there's a goddess of fire. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And there's a god of fire. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. It's like hidden knowledge.
1: All Hawaiians know about Pele. Not really anybody knows about the god of fire. And his name is Aila'au.
3: Aila'au.
1: Mm hmm. Aila'au. And what happened is Pele became the goddess of fire because she battled him for the rights, you know, to be the deity over fire. Mm hmm. And she won. So, long story short, that's why she's more well known than Aila'au. Aila'au kind of took the back seat but he's still around hold that thought a little side fact my great grandmother who we grew up calling tutu
2: Mm.
1: tutu had a she was one of 13 siblings so our extended family is massive tutu's parents everybody in the family knows them in hawaiian there is no letter t uh, letter K takes place of a lot of letters with, uh, or a lot of words with the letter T. So they were known not as Tutupa and Tutuma, but Kukuma and Kukupa. So I remember growing up, we had a picture of Kukuma and Kukupa in our house. Never met them because they're my great great grandparents. They were long gone before I was born, but everybody in our family knows them. Kukupa was one of the first paniolo in Hawaii. Paniolo means cowboy. Hey. Mm. And they were cattle ranchers on the big island of Hawaii. That's where our family comes from, the big island, specifically the east and south side, uh, where there's a lot of farmland. It's really green, rains a lot, super beautiful. Mm. And part of their cattle ranching job is Kūkūpā and his father would roam around on horseback and there's still an if if you don't know there's still an active volcano in Hawaii been going on for a long time and Kūkūpā and his father would if the volcano would erupt and get really active they would predict the flow of the lava and go warn towns if it was coming their direction so they could evacuate. Hmm.
3: Was there a name for that position or was that? There might have been, Hmm.
1: but I I don't know. I just know that they were Paniolo cowboy.
3: Nice. Okay.
1: So that's just an interesting family fact. Um, uh, The reason why I share this about Kukupa and him being a paniolo and predicting the flow of lava i just grew up being taught about him and about the importance of his job and his responsibilities and how sensitive you know our family was to the land and the stories that come with it they were the ones who taught me about pele Hmm. like i said Pele is somebody that, all Hawaiians know. But a year ago, the volcanic activity was spiking. And this was all over the news.
3: Yeah, is this what was like happening, what we saw on the news?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. What happened was it was flowing into a couple different towns where my family lives. And there were a few places where the town had to be evacuated. The lava was just eating up homes, neighborhoods, Jeez. slowly, you know very slow moving and this is one of my best friends uh this is where his his teacher one of his mentors comes into play so he lives in leilani estates which is one of the neighborhoods that was evacuated Hmm. and he recently learned at the time of aila which is kind of interesting because shortly after the lava came. Yeah. And uh didn't destroy his home, but uh de- it evacuated him. So it definitely affected him and people he knew. Um during that time, he would go back, like within these couple of weeks that they were evacuated, he would sneak back into Leilani estates to check on his home, mm. see if everything's okay. While he was there <laughs> While he was there, bro, you guys aren't ready for this. I promise. Um, While he was there, he approached a part of the lava field that had dried up and hardened. So it's just rock hard. Mm -hmm. The ground starts shaking. And out of the ground, a man crawls out. What? And he's like. Not apparating through the ground, but bursting through this hardened rock. And he stands up and he tells him who he is. And he says his name is Ilao, the god of fire. And he says that Pele isn't the only one who has power. This freaks him out. <laughs> Why am I...
3: Chills right now, what dude. What is
2: happening? What is happening right now?
3: It's like so
1: unbelievable. It's believable. It's it's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> but this is the story that I'm being told. Yeah. No, I'm telling it to you how it was told to me. Um, It freaks him out and he, he runs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to talk about it. But it's just so
2: fantastic
1: it is fantastic but he can't get over the fact that he was just learning about this person oh a that, few weeks i forgot prior. about that yeah oh. <laughs> so he teaches at a local school and while he's there parents are dropping their kids off at school parents are talking to each other this is the big talk of the town all across hawaii you know um the lava flow and obviously affected a lot of people it affects the weather in hawaii we get vog (laughs) volcanic fog bruh and the wind there's strong trade winds in hawaii and there's always a nice breeze it blows the volcanic fog to the other islands what's volcanic fog it just looks like almost looks like regular fog where things are hazy Uh uh-huh but you can smell like the burning is it sulfur is it smoke is it mist it's more of a it just looks like a haze, almost like the inversion in Utah. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Not yeah. as bad, but you can tell there's like a haze. Vogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something we deal with. People <laughs> of <love> the Vogue. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's talking about this. He overhears a conversation between two parents that are dropping off their kids. And one of the parents mentions or while telling the, uh, her story, says her daughter, this is like a younger child, keeps asking her mother to go see the lava. And at first the mom's like, okay, I mean, she probably thinks it's cool. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. I thought lava was dope when I was a kid. Definitely. Why why wouldn't you? Yeah, I know. But it sounds like this girl has like a connection to the lava. Like she's saying things like, I really miss seeing lava or Mm. like the volcano and the fire. Nope. Mom's like that's nope. strange. So they go, they go and look at it, <laughs> um, and they get to they see parts where it's flowing from a distance. They go to parts where it's hardened over, mm-hmm. and it's fine to walk on. It's not hot anymore. And the daughter lies on the ground and almost like hugs the lava. What? And she starts mumbling. And the only word she catches from the daughter mumbling is the word "ilaau."
2: What the hell?
1: The teacher interjects when he hears "ilaau," because this isn't common knowledge to a lot of Hawaiians, uh-huh. let alone a little girl. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to them and he shares his experience about meeting Ilaau. After he bursts through the ground and introduces himself as such. So this gets stranger to him because, and, and kind of validating because somebody else has an experience with it.
2: Right. Oh
1: gosh. So he's in this whole situation, he's still evacuated from Leilani estates. Right. Doesn't really know what to do, you know, uh-huh. in this situation. not, Too long after this conversation with one of the the parents, he is, I assume he's staying with some family. He's driving home at night. And while he's driving, he sees somebody standing in the middle of the road. And he's driving, I don't know, maybe 50 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And this person appears suddenly in the road. So he, he swerves, doesn't want to hit them. and he passes where they were standing he keeps driving he's kind of shaken up but as he continues he looks in his rear view mirror and sitting in the back of his seat Ah! is a man he slams on his brakes as he does that the man sitting in the back, almost from the force of the car braking, his body flies forward, apparates through the front seat, and is now sitting in the oh passenger seat next to him. He looks at him in terror and realizes it's Ayla Al. O opens his mouth wide and shrieks. He unlocks his door. Runs out. Aila'o gets outside of the car, still shrieking, mouth wide open. And while his mouth is open, he stops. His mouth is open, and he starts seeing this glow from his mouth, and lava starts spewing out of Aila'o's mouth. What? Into the street. At this point, the teacher gets back into the truck. Speeds off and doesn't look back again.
2: Um, does he have any proof
1: of this? This is wild, <laughs> bro. I told you you were not ready for this.
2: Like I wasn't burnt either. seats or like I don't know something. Was it wait? Was it a truck or a car? This was a a truck, I think. That extended cab. Sounds like it.
1: Well, did he ex- describe what he looked like? <laughs> I heard this story from one of my best friends, and this was one of his teachers and mentors growing up, that told him this story within the past year. Is, that, is, that it? is there any more? That's all I have Oof. from this man. Gosh. But just the fact that there were three different incidents that happened close together, with multiple people involving Aila'o and an, somebody who's not very well known in Hawaiian culture and lore. In fact, I was uh, dropping my cousin off of the airport just three days ago, and she lives on the Big Island. She's my age, she has two kids, she's married. And I forgot the name. My, my buddy told me the story about a week ago dropped my cousin off at the airport i forgot the name and i turned to her i was like hey do you know anything about like the hawaiian god of fire not pele not the goddess but the hawaiian god of fire And she was like actually i just learned about this recently ew never heard about him until i don't know he's
3: a god of coincidence or yeah
1: and i I can't remember his name and we were going back and forth and we both said at the same time we're like aila that's his name so why is
2: everyone just now learning about him? I don't know. I don't that's know. That's trippy. I,
1: I need to look more into this. Um, we say that a lot. About is it our like stories. somebody
2: trying to spread this I La La like mythology now?
1: <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That, that's why I, I said I I'd I need to look more into this. And I know we say this about a lot of different stories. Like we need to go back and fact check, but uh, I know there are more stories to this. Uh, that's why I, I would have to to look into it more, but
2: because legitimately that means there's a god of fire running around Hawaii right now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a real ass dude.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Oof. bro. You said you and your 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 cousin said the name at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it just came to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you see the name in your head or something?
1: Um. Well, if I'm gonna be straight, she. She said, I something. And then I looked at her and we both were like, I love. Okay. Yeah.
3: Real quick. I had an experience once I was in Australia. I was hanging out with this Tongan dude straight from Tonga. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking in and I've never had this happen to me. (laughs) We're walking into like a store, like a Woolies or something in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a very visual person and I see a word in my head. And I don't speak Tongan. He taught me probably like 15 words. All the swear words. Well, no, like all cordial (laughs) stuff, like thank you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know really bad words. I knew like one bad word. But I'm walking in and as I'm walking in, a word flashes in my mind and it's laho. And I look at him and I just go, laho. And he like, his eyes get all big and he looks at me. He's like, what the hell? And I was like, that means dick, doesn't it? <laughs> and he was like, "Yes." How do you
2: know that? <laughs> like, I, why are you
3: saying that? And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> I, was like, I think I just received revelation for the word that means wee wee in Tongan. <laughs> it was so weird because it came with the picture of it, and I knew what it meant. And I was like, "Why am I receiving?"
2: For those Wiener. kind of like. <laughs> revelations you need to be having <laughs> i guess the world would be a better place oh but
3: sorry that's just that's weird that's weird that's so trippy and the the fact that he appears what seems like coincidences or like yeah
2: i don't know like in my mind i imagine some homeless dude just running around saying he's i La'au. crawling out of the ground crawling out of dude you could bury yourself and <clears> crawl <throat> out of the ground that's I mean, I don't know how he did the lava trick.
1: Like this is like hardened lava that he bursted through the ground.
2: I don't know, dude.
1: Like diggle it.
2: How many weeds (laughs) were involved in the making of this story? What
1: about the girl though?
2: Bro, she's What about the little
1: girl? (laughs) That creeps me out too, saying like I I need to see. She was hugging
2: the ground. Mm -hmm. She's a pyro, dude. I need to see fire
1: and one day the fire nation attacked.
3: <laughs> She's like the the opposite of Moana. <laughs>
1: She's Tahiti. <te>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh,
1: Pele is Tafiti.
2: Man, that's wild, bro. Yeah, I don't even know what to think right now. This. Man's...
1: I didn't know what to say either. We say it all the time.
3: And we probably need to start sticking to our word a bit better. But could you imagine going to the Big Island? And like seeking out Isla Ow, let's do it. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Like if 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 someone starts actually crawling out of the ground with lava spitting, I will be upset. I will be very (laughs) upset with myself that I allowed myself to get to this point (laughs) where I have to outrun you two record scratch. That
1: won't be very hard because Isla (laughs) Ow is scratching at us. Um, going to the lava though, it's actually really beautiful.
2: Mm, that would be dope. When I'd, I, I'd like to see that.
1: When I was in Scouts when I was a kid, one of our big like first hiking trips, we call them high adventures because it was like nice. a week long, super hard hikes, bonding with all the boys, hey. super dope. Um, we went to the big island. We flew to the big island. Dang. Yeah. And there nice. were maybe like 20 of us, including like the leaders. Um, all of them were like our dads. And it was just like cool bonding time. But uh, one of the hikes we did was to the lava flow, and we hiked through most of the afternoon and got there towards the evening, so the lava was just glowing, lighting up the night sky. That's dope. Awesome sight to see. There was one part where there's like a crack in the ground, and you could see the lava flowing underneath. Whoa. I didn't see it because I was too scared to go close. I was 12 years old when we went on this trip, but I remember my dad. My dad loves these kind of things, but he was just like jumping back and forth. Oh, yes. It's a tiny, like two, three inch crack.
2: Can't fall in. Yeah, you can't
1: fall in. Okay. Unless like the ground breaks, which and when I'm 12, I l- grabs you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm 12, I think it's gonna break, and my dad's gonna fall in the lava. So you're but, just hella stressed over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. But he was probably there, too. Damn, bro. We just didn't see him. He saw he us. He didn't know his name. You've
3: heard it here f- first, folks. Hidden Hawaiian knowledge.
1: <laughs> For you freaking howly out there. <laughs> it's fun, though. Jeez. Until, you know, it's not fun. Not fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know the story of Ailao seems just out of this world. Pretty unbelievable. I don't know if it's just me, but there's something in
3: me that just believes it, though. It's the Fox Mulder in me or something. I'm the
2: Dana Scully in (laughs) me. I need that proof. You are that redhead non-skin.
1: That ginger. But these are like, it's like tall tales. Yeah. But modern day. Mm, Right. This happened a year ago. If it did, you know. That's wild. Yeah. The magic's still out there. And like... If it's not real, at the very least, it's a fun story to tell. Hell yeah. (laughs) yeah. You know? I have fun. All
3: right. I have one last one for me tonight. So this happened to a good friend of a family member of mine. And him and two of their buddies decided they wanted to go backpacking out in the Uintas. And each of them were really comfortable outside. They have grown up camping. They've grown up going outside. So they thought nothing of it. And they wanted to go somewhere particularly remote. So they drove out to a really far trailhead in the Uintas. And the Uintas are in
1: uh, northern Utah, mm-hmm. almost uh, bordering Idaho and Wyoming.
3: Yeah. And the, this forest is real forest. It's real rocky mountain terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, there is very little out there. It's very remote. Trees, animals, everything. Like you, you, you don't casually go out there. So they drive to this trailhead that's way out there, and they hike about a half of the mile, a half a mile up the trail, and they turn to the right, and they just start walking off trail. They want to go somewhere remote,
2: right? They got a compass?
3: No, they. What they do is, well, I'm sure they Garmin. Have, no, what they do is they set trail markers every so often on trees. Uh so an individual identifiers they'll be able to find their way back but they they hike for about 4 miles off trail and they come to a spot that they really like and it's near a little babbling brook now they only brought hammocks to camp in so each of them get out their hammock they find their perfect tree and they set up their hammocks it gets cold <laughs> I think it was closer to summer, so they're not too worried. But yes, it gets very cold Um, backpacking in hammocks, as I found out and almost died once. um, (laughs) Another story. So they set up their hammocks. They do normal stuff. They um, go down to the brook. I think one of them had brought a fishing pole, so they fish for a while. Um, It gets a little darker. They make a fire and they have tinfoil dinners that they've pre packed in. So they all get in their hammocks and they're chatting. And you know the stars start coming out the chat st- chatter starts to get f- more more and more sparse until it's quiet and they're falling asleep and the worst thing in the world happens to my family member's friend as he's laying in his hammock he has to pee
2: oh my god
3: super bad and he's comfortable <laughs> So he, I don't know how, but he musters up the courage, grabs his headlamp and he hops out of his hammock and he flicks his headlamp on and everything's good. And he notices the sound of the forest is oddly muffled, almost like someone had taken the volume and turned it down to one. So the beam of light coming from his headlamp is going up the path. And as he's realizing that the sound is off he looks up and something he doesn't know what unnaturally fast moves across the path and out of sight. And so he freezes and he stops and he's sitting there. And as it moved out of sight, he also heard twigs snapping. So after a minute, he decides, you know what? Who knows I can hear, you know, maybe it was something in the brook. Maybe it was just an animal, small animal. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. All I know is I still got to pee. So he walks about 30 feet away from the hammocks goes near the brook starts to pee and he zips up his pants and he turns. And as he turns the beam of light from his headlamps shine on the ground and about three feet to his right, he sees something on the ground that fills his
2: body with terror.
3: All he sees is two footprints.
2: What? What kind?
3: And these footprints, they're not staggered. There's no footprints leading to them. And there's no footprints leading away. And the worst thing about these footprints is that they are barefoot human footprints.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: He said the way that they were positioned, they were facing the camp. And they're side by side. And they're fresh. It had been raining a couple days previous, so the ground is super soft. Yeah. And you can distinctly see the outline of a normal-looking person's foot facing his camp, almost as if it had been watching their camp at night. Oh, shit. He's mortified. Terrified. So he runs back to his hammock, grabs a knife that he always takes with him backpacking, and just lays in his hammock. And as he's laying there, he gets enough courage. He, he puts his, as he's laying there, he decides he puts his headlamp on the highest setting it can go. And he looks around everywhere and he's looking through trees, he's looking up in trees. He can't see anything. And he calls out to his friends. He says their names. He whispers it really loud, but they don't wake up. So by then he, he's faced with a, a decision and he decides, okay, I don't want to wake them up. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to lay here. And he lays there, swinging in his hammock. And after a while, he gets tired. And somehow he manages to. But he drifts off into like a super uneasy sleep. He said he was more scared than he's ever been. As soon as the sun comes over the peak, it's like, but crack of dawn, he jumps out of his hammock because he wants to pack everything up and just get out of there. Mm-hmm. As he jumps out of his hammock, he looks down and looks near the back of his hammock. And about four feet from the back of his hammock, he sees two more footprints facing his hammock. Same as last time. Barefoot and no, no footprints leading to them or away. He's totally convinced someone was watching him sleep. So he runs to his friends, wakes them up, tells them. At first, they don't believe him. And he grabs them and pulls them to his hammock and points at the footprints. The second they see them, they both pack their shit up and they run back up the trail. Holy cow. And to this day, he's like, I don't know what that was. Human footprints. Barefoot. Human footprints.
2: With no, they had to have been coming from the trees. No footprints, I mean, unless it wasn't really that damp and only you would see the footprints if they stood there for a long time or, like, jumped and, like, landed.
3: I'm sure he's probably been over this situation a thousand times in his head and he cannot explain it. He doesn't know. terrifying. But he definitely says he thinks twice about backpacking now.
2: Also backpacking with a hammock alone, like if you in that tent, you at least safe from peeping eyes. You think that, but I have another story where it's like, uh, uh, we just got back
3: from backpacking in um, Wyoming, and Kevin was in a hammock near us, and we were in a tent. Yeah, and Kevin, and uh, right before we go on this trail, it's the Wind River. It's the most one of the most remote places you can go in North America, besides Alaska. I'm sorry, in America, besides Alaska, not North America because Canada exists. Right. Anyway, so right before we go, I read up safety on this particular place, and it's like, you need to not only watch out for black bears, but this is grizzly bear country. Right. Anyway, Kevin's sleeping in a hammock. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the night, he's woken up by someone walking near his hammock, and he goes, Charlie, because he thought it was me coming out of my tent. Mm Mm-hmm. Charlie, no answer. And then he hears it breathing. And he said, I knew it was a bear. And he said, I was literally shaking in my hammock. And he heard it walk right by his hammock, almost under it, but around the tree that the end of his hammock is hooked on. And he said for about 30 minutes, it was moving around the camp until it one time tripped and went, and like growled as it tripped. And he said by the growl, he could tell it was huge. And he thinks for sure it was a grizzly. Oh
2: my gosh.
3: <laughs> so early in the night, uh, we had hung our, all of our food up in a bag, up in a tree. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to because we didn't bring rope. Oh my god. And right before I spent like two hours trying to figure out how I could put all of our food up in a tree without rope. And as I was about to give up, I looked down, and I kid you effing not, there was a spool of paracord.
2: Holy cow. And I was like, oh, damn.
3: I was like, I found it in the brush. And I was like, this is dope. And I hung it up. Well, (laughs) we all had gone to bed, and Kevin noticed that I had left a baggie of cookies out. And so Kevin was like, oh, we'll be fine. But he had a feeling, and it was like right by his hammock.
2: Oh, my gosh. I would have kicked that away. So he was like, ah,
3: it was pitch black. It was late. He didn't want to go put it up in the bear bag. So he just grabbed it and he's like, I'll pick this up in the morning. He said he felt super guilty and he just chucked it as far away from the camp as he could. (laughs) But for about 30 minutes, he heard the bear moving around where he chucked the, the cookies. And he said it went silent, but he was literally shaking in his hammock for like 30 more minutes after it had gone silent. He jumps out of his hammock runs over to the tent this is a two person tent and we already have three people sleeping in it (laughs) and kevin goes charlie and i wake up immediately and i'm like what's going on and he's like there's a bear i'm coming in and i'm like oh and i and kevin's not the smallest guy he's a he's a big dude he's burly yeah he's a burly boy he's like i'm coming in and i look at us and me and the two other people are already taking up 99 percent. somehow we made it work we all slept sideways in the tent with like our legs scrunched Just up into spooning. us bro yeah and and, and and for and then i was laying there and i was like there's a bear outside and we're all in a tent we're not safe you can see through the tent material i was like, and so like it's funny that you brought it up it's like bring it don't bring a hammock bring a tent but it's like you're not safe in a tent <laughs> it's like, i don't know it's like tissue paper on Bring sticks. a blanket
2: <laughs> hide yourself under the blanket you know you're safe i guess anyway dude that's that's pretty like terrifying too Ugh. if it was really a grizzly bear bro man it, y'all didn't probably have bear spray either did you
3: actually i did i brought bear spray oh, okay that's smart The reason Kevin's convinced it was a a grizzly bear is one, he said it sounded very large, like way larger than a black bear. Mm -hmm. And two, black bears are pretty skittish. You can scare them off pretty easy. And so he yelled at it and tried to make it go away. Didn't give a shit, boy. It just kept walking. And he was like,
1: (gasps) why didn't the grizzly do anything?
3: I was looking for them cookies, bro.
2: Why didn't he shine the light at it?
3: He was, he said he was petrified and, Kevin, I've never seen him scared. Kevin doesn't scare. This is the same Kevin from episode five, Texas, who's been dragged out of his bed (laughs) and has seen Satan speaking to him. So I don't, I've never seen him scared. Mm -hmm. When he got to the tent, he was like shaking. He's like, there's a bear.
1: I'm coming in. Like he was terrified. That's crazy. Yeah. And the situation of uh, your 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 family friend. Yeah. Hiking in the Uintas. What would you do? Us three of us are camping. You go and take a piss in the middle of the night. You see those footprints.
3: I think I think our level of friendship or I think our friendship is uniquely different than other people's because we're really hyper aware of situations like this. So I think if I saw that, I would immediately wake you two up. That's what I was thinking. And I'd thinking. be like, "Come here." I'm not joking. I would share our password and you would know I'm not joking. And I would point at the the
1: footprints. Yeah. And I'd be like, what do we do? At that point, I don't know. I I think that's the right call because I probably I would wake you guys up for sure. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it would be safe to travel. I know at night. Not at night. I I don't yeah. I lean towards no. So I would say we're sitting back back to back. back. Mm-hmm. With our headlamps on, and we're watching our third. With two rocks in our hands. Knives. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I always
2: have knife hiking.
3: <laughs> Bazookas.
1: And we're naked to establish that dominance. <laughs>
3: Just pissing all over myself in case it's a watch. Peeing like night a marker. circle
1: around us. Okay. And we're set, bro, until the morn.
2: Yeah. But yeah, 100% waking you guys up. And I don't think it's safe to travel at night in territory that we are unfamiliar with. Yeah. yeah.
1: Trying to find those markers that we placed Especially for four they,
2: miles. Yeah. If there's someone out there,
3: you could easily see them messing with your markers or something. That's what
2: I was saying. That's why you still need that compass or like a garment or something. Because if the markers are switched, like they would, they, if they could just I lead was you anywhere, the villain, I would not take them down. I would move them. Mm-hmm. And if they they could have been following you the whole time.
1: <laughs> you sicko. <laughs> you that, sicko.
3: That scenario is just, for me, personally, scary stories, the more grandiose they get, unless they're like amazing, off-putting. I don't know. What I'm saying is I prefer the simple. The simple things mm-hmm. sometimes are the scariest. Yeah. And, there's nothing like being in a place where there is probably 80 miles there's no humans and there's a fresh set of barefoot human footprints out in the middle of nowhere is like <gasps> instantly it's like whoa <laughs> no yeah <laughs> this is bad news
2: yeah Man.
1: that's cool thank you for those stories thank you Seth for gathering more stories for us always yeah <sighs> we good? You good? We're, we're going to sleep easy tonight? Huh? So easy. I'll sleep easy tonight. I'm fine. In the uh, comfort of my home. Getting <laughs> kind of
3: personal. Dude, I've been having bad dreams. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it or? I don't know. Because if I, I feel like if I talk about it or acknowledge it, I give it strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But...
2: Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more content. I also think talking about it takes away its strength. Okay, my, cool. Uh, actually, I'm going to shout out my dad real quick. He sent me a quote yesterday that said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the search of it. Damn, like facing it head on? Well, yep. Okay. So
3: let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I have this problem where I have a really hard time with sleeping with the door open. Mm-hmm. I also have another problem. My room gets really stuffy when I sleep with the door closed. (laughs) And I'm married and very understandably she doesn't like when the door is closed. Anyway, because it's stuffy, right? But if I sleep with the door open, I'm almost guaranteed to have a dream and it's not like a dream where you're in this fantasy land. Mm -hmm. This dream happens like I roll over in my bed and I open physically open my eyes and I stare at the door and I always see something. So it's usually like the silhouette of a person. And right when I look over, they like are there for a minute and then they slowly move out of highlight.
1: I I can relate to that. I've had that. And the the three of us, we have to sleep with the doors closed. None of none of us. I I we don't. No one in this room likes to sleep with the door open, except for this story that Charles is sharing. But
3: I think now this
1: is a tangent,
3: but whatever whatever for its worth, I've heard you can pass genetic traits on through your genes, right? Mm -hmm. So they did a study with mice where they had a a group of mice. They sprayed them with citrus, and then they shocked the floor, Mm -hmm. and they did this. They taught the mice. The mice every time the citrus smell would come they would get shocked so eventually they took the shock away and they would turn on or they would spray them with the citrus and the mice would freak out now they took this group of mice they made these mice have children generation and all those older mice died and it's just this new generation that have never been shocked mm-hmm. they put them in the cage and they spray the citrus and these mice freak the f out just like the mice who got shocked So somehow there's some genetic memory that gets passed on. Yeah. And they have theorized that back in the day in villages, there had to be watchers, people who would watch the village. Right. And so if you're a night owl or like someone who's just like awake at night, you could have potentially come from a line of like night watchers. Or people who watch the village. Things like that. There's just theories like that. Somewhere down the line. And, th- and and I have this thing with sleep where I am such a light sleeper. And I'm almost conscious when I'm sleeping sometimes that I feel like I had to have, like, there's a reason. To the point where, like, I'm sleeping, but I know that the door is open even in my sleep. It's It's weird to explain. So the two scariest visuals I had this week was... I looked up into my closet and my closet's wide open. There's no doors on my closet. And there's a top shelf in the closet. And I looked up into the closet and I just see the vent in the closet lower, like with two hands holding it. And it set it down on the top. And I just see a face come down and it's staring at me. I was terrified. And this all happens at the point where I'm like still half asleep and I'm staying at it, right? Mm -hmm. And then another one was I wake up and I instantly look at the door and there's a face like, I don't know how to explain it. It's sideways and it's at the bottom of the door peeking in. Like unnatural. So like the body was like this and it's peeking in and it just goes like this and it was white and I saw the hair of its head like falling to the side because it's sideways.
1: Yeah. Bro. I don't like this, man. I know. That's
3: creepy, bro. I don't like this. Don't tell my wife she'll get pissed. Yeah, no.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. Well,
1: I, I think you should tell them about your defense for your door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
2: nah, dude i sound like a psycho nah,
1: dog uh what i somewhat d-
2: logical it's like us who uh, have the uh luxury of being able to close our door <laughs> at night
3: frick so and it, i had i had to figure a way because i can't just leave the door wide open because i physically am aware of that while i'm sleeping and it adds to the stress mm-hmm. so i was like okay hey, what do i do so i got a mug and it's full of coins and i close my door just enough so where like a human body can't get in and then i set the mug near the door and so if someone's going to get in they're going to have to open the door a bit and it's going to hit this mug and the mug will fall over spilling coins everywhere yeah and since i've been doing that i'm like good that's good yeah
2: cool so. I'd throw some wind chimes up like on the ceiling and then just hang them every night before you go to bed. Yeah.
1: Fishing line with cans attached? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's justifiable because uh, if you didn't do that, you're almost losing sleep. Just with how... Oh, 100% yeah. I am. Y- you are wired, uh-huh. you know? So for the sake of, at the you know, at the very least, for the sake of having a good night's rest, mm-hmm. throw that mug there, dude. Yeah.
3: I think... I just realized what I'm gonna do to protect myself more. Go. No, it's just I'm gonna cut a piece of wood perfectly um at the perfect length. And and the way the door opens, it opens against the wall. So if I set the piece of wood at the base of the door, you won't be able to open it more. There you go. Than like six inches. But you'll be able to and open it, it. And if someone wants So it's not stuffy. Yeah, and if someone is wants to come in, they're gonna have to struggle yeah. to get in. And I'll hear them and I'll grab and I'll grab my concealed bat and I'll beat the shit out that demon, bruh. But anyway, yeah. That's I've I've experiencing that this week and I don't know why, but whatever.
2: That's that's creepy, dude. Yeah.
3: And now I have to drive 30 minutes to my home. It's like near twelve AM. And the scariest thing in the world to me is looking in my rear view mirror at night. And if I effing I look I ow.
1: I'm just going to drive to a wall. Don't pump your brakes so he apparates through the front seat. Probably
2: Speed front up seat. so he pumps through or apparates through the back seat. I'll throw the
1: Prius into power
3: mode, dog.
2: Hey. skirt. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh Just with this stuff going on recently with me, I've been looking a little bit into dreams. Hmm. And I have a couple dream stories that I want to share with you guys.
1: But I'm we them come next with, time we come bro, in with Cliff our first <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> I just like calling you out on them. Yeah. Just um I'm excited to talk more about those. You know what's hear about crazy? Them. Huh.
2: Is I actually was looking into dreams like two weeks ago as well. What? For a specific reason. For real? Yeah, for real, hundred percent. I'll uh, go like, find that on my search history right now, bro.
3: For like a reason for the podcast?
2: No, because I had a dream and I wanted an interpretation. Did you get it? There's like 20 different interpretations for my (laughs) Of course
3: there are. Well, dang. Well, this has been fun. I got to go home and try to sleep (laughs) with my door open. Ready your mug of coins. Yeah, boy. But anyway, for all of those out there listening, from me and from all of us, bye, love you, be safe. Trust your gut and
2: watch your back. Use caution
3: also if you want to write us send us stories at 3 a.m podcast stories at gmail.com we've been getting good ones we appreciate all the love thank you to all the listeners dude thank you everyone yeah thank Thank you you.
2: thank you so much you the real mvp
3: okay for the people who want to stick around for this um this has been really fun for us this has been one of the most passionate projects Uh, we as a group of friends have been a part of a lot of different projects dj and i used to DJ and throw events. Um, DJ and I have made music. DJ went way further into making music. Um, I did art, things like that. This has been my favorite project I've ever been a part of. And we started out with one goal, and that was if we can entertain one person with this podcast, we win. One random person. Yeah, one person we didn't know who didn't have to tell us they liked our podcast (laughs) because… they know us Mm -hmm. and more and more and every day someone we don't know is reaching out to us and telling telling us that they appreciate us and it means a lot
1: yeah we're excited to put more into this in first the hopes of you know just having good stories to tell our family and friends right but in a close second if it can Entertain and be a fun little part of somebody's week.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, thanks for being patient with us. We're doing our best to stay on a consistent schedule. For now, if you don't know, we are releasing our 3 a.m. episodes every Thursday. That's the goal.
1: We record Wednesday and it's to be released Thursday. Usually a week in advance. Like we're ahead of we try to stay ahead of schedule a week in advance, so. And when we have them, we release 3 p.m.
3: episodes on Monday. Now, that won't be every Monday um, right
1: now, but in the future, we would love to get to that point. Yeah. Mm. 3 p.m. is usually we'll have a special guest. Anything goes. We try to tell scary stories, but we'll dive into our guests' lives and what they do and who they are and a little bit on why we invited them. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you're yeah, if you're along for the ride, you can you can expect that. At least we're trying to put that out. So yeah, yeah.
3: And in the future, we want to do more things on YouTube.
1: Lots of plans. Yeah, uh, we, oh, we've yeah. said that a couple times, but we want to expand to YouTube. We want to rock your world. Oh god,
2: <laughs> that
3: tie back or what is that, that recall? I don't know.
1: We've come full circle, but yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. See ya.